0: You deserve a moment to yourself every single day. And a delicious bite of a Keebler Sandies can give you that comforting pause. (sighs) Relax and unwind tonight with the melt-in-your-mouth magic of a Keebler Sandies. This magic is baked into simple shortbread cookies by Ernie and the Keebler elves. So as another busy work week flies by, make the most of your me moment. Take a pause and enjoy a Keebler Sandies.
1: The king of sports books comes the king of sports podcasts. Unleashed. Presented by BetMGM. Here's your hosts, Giannis Pappas and Olivia Harlan Decker.
0: What an outstanding show we have for you today. And and hang with me here because I know March Madness is over, but the sports calendar doesn't stop. In fact, I think April is really an underrated sports month. The NBA playoffs tip off next weekend. I cannot believe that. the season has seemed fast. The NFL draft is Thursday, April 28th. We're going to be talking about that all month. Baseball's opening day is today, And the Masters kick off today. So, oh my gosh, Giannis, help me out here. I think, you know, we have March Madness. Everyone gets into that. But what can we call April? It needs some kind of nickname. All in April, all out April. Help me out.
1: Ass kicking April.
0: Ass kicking April.
1: April sports bring May flowers. Uh, How do you like them apples?
0: I think you can do better.
1: April sports bring May Chicken Wings and Trulies in the man cave, baby. It is an (laughs) ass-kicking April. It is amazing. Baseball's kicking off. Get ready to get your beers flowing in your good weather sitting ball game experiences. The NBA playoffs, the Phoenix Suns are taking it all. I am ready.
0: It's also my birthday month and my last month of pregnancy. So April is sweet to me. I like ass kicking April.
1: That's good. Ass kicking April. And listen, I'm not messing with you right now. I know you got baby making chemicals all over the map. (laughs) I spoke to Sam. I said, Sam, just stay out of the way, buddy. Okay. Mm -hmm. You probably, it's like trying to negotiate with Putin this month. Don't (laughs) just whatever she wants. Just do it. She's about to make a person like a mortal god. Just stay um, out of the way.
0: I mean, I knew kind of the end of pregnancy was supposed to be rough, but I just got compared to Putin. So that was <laughs> that was horrible. That's a that's a dark joke, but uh luckily I know your intentions, Yadis.
1: Yeah, well, listen, I just spent <laughs> the whole weekend in Madison, Wisconsin. So, I was in Mad Town. Oh. I went I went and visited the Decker's. I had a glass of milk. I ate some cheese. And, you know, that place is so white, Madison, Wisconsin. Stop. It looks like it's snowing even when it's not snowing. So it's always just... You could be in an airplane in the middle of July flying over Madison. You're like, why is it snowing? And you're like, that's not snow. That's just white people walking around State Street.
0: (laughs) Okay, in all seriousness, how did you like Madison? I know you'd been there before. You recorded your first album there. But, I mean, it's such a great town, right?
1: Yeah, look at that. Comedy on State, the best comedy club in the country. I actually decided to record my next special. So I recorded my special again in Madison, Wisconsin, because I love that club so much. I love oh. the owners so much. And uh, so my new special is shot. I shot it in Madison. I decided to do it on the fly. So that'll be coming out. Stand Whoa. on the lookout for that. And uh, yeah, I also recorded my, uh, my first hour album there. So that's called Let Me Be Honest. You can go Google that and enjoy that. And so, boom, my next hour special will be coming out, recorded in Madison in honor of the Decker family.
0: I didn't know that. You didn't even tell me that. So you, yeah. cause you had like three straight nights of taping. That makes sense now. Cause you were recording, right?
1: Absolutely. Yeah. We were recording awesome. and then we got some more cameras in there and the crowds are just so amazing. And the Midwest yep. is the best place for comedy. It truly is. Every comedian knows that it's the best place for comedy, the worst place for winter. That's for sure.
0: Yeah, I hear you on that. I'm in Sheboygan, Wisconsin right now. It's brutal. But I, I agree. Mid- Midwestern people are quick to laugh. We don't take ourselves too seriously. We're pretty easygoing, lighthearted. So I would think that's an ideal crowd. I'm glad you had fun and you eat somewhere good.
1: Amazing. We ate at all the good yeah. spots. We ate uh, we at all the good spots. This place, Botanist, next door to the club. It was incredible. We went to all the recommendations you you gave me and the food is great. The people are great. It's a college town, Madison, yeah. Wisconsin. The only thing about Madison that's funny is like you see that Capitol building when you first get there and you're going like, wow, there's going to be a lot to see. This is a big city. It looks like D.C. And then you're like, nope, it's just the Capitol building and the rest is a college <laughs> campus. That's all there is to see. Really? The rest of it is just a charming little college town, baby
0: yeah no but it's beautiful on the water did you know that the Capitol in madison wisconsin is taller than the Capitol in dc
1: i did know that i did know that it? And that's yeah that's what i'm saying you get there and your ex- yeah. your expectations are a little high <laughs>
0: deceiving
1: yeah yeah uh, it's a little deceiving because that is the only impressive building
0: yeah i i don't know about that <laughs>
1: Well, the the campus, the campus has some beautiful buildings. The campus is very nice. And the the lake is frozen for a lot of the year. So, uh, you know, at nighttime, (laughs) I went down there. uh, I was hoping to see maybe some white walkers walking across that thing.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I should have warned you, don't go in March. But yeah, it's a, this is kind of a dumpy month around here. It gets pretty cold. So you know where else is supposed to be kind of cold this weekend? And uh, really unfortunate it'll make for some bad images on TV is the Masters. It's supposed to be kind of cold and wet and windy. And I mean, th- that changes the game for a sport that's supposed to be played at the most beautiful locations and the most beautiful weather. This may be an interesting fold and we've got a great guest joining us former world number one he's played at Augusta even finished third at the Masters in 2005 it's Luke Donald I'm really excited to have him on so we'll have to ask him about that Giannis
1: yeah and um this is the first time we're gonna have someone with an English accent on right
0: oh you know you might be right should we do the whole interview in an English accent maybe
1: I think that's the only way to properly do this, is to welcome him in the Kings.
0: <laughs> so you do more like the royal family, proper British English. I'm going to do like Adele Cockney British English. How's that?
1: Yeah, me too. That's I'm so, going to so be, bad. how are you doing? <laughs> what are you doing? Like, where's your lady?
0: You <laughs> know, <laughs> she... you sound like Peaky Blinders. That's pretty yeah.
1: good. Yeah, we just interview him like that. Hello, governor. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> okay yeah he's gonna love us this yeah. is gonna be a great interview yeah have you heard on the week of the masters there's all these events you know leading up to it but tuesday night so it's tuesday morning right now when we record but on tuesday night they host one of the most exclusive dinner parties on the sports calendar let alone social calendar i believe the only people who can attend the dinner are masters winners and then the year's previous winner gets to pick the menu. And, you know, last year Matsuyama won Japan's first Masters champ. So I would think they always do an ode to where they're from. I would think it'd be really fantastic sushi. But I've got to warn you, I've been to Augusta and I once ate at a restaurant called Taco Sushi, a mix of Mexican and sushi. I really hope that is not his only option to cater this event. What do you think he's going to do?
1: Yeah, well, listen, he's Japanese, so... He's probably going to fly in like a five-star sushi chef from Japan. Unfortunately, sushi. I'm just glad you're not picking the menu because you're pregnant. You'd be like, give me fried pickles, donuts, chicken (laughs) wings. Good sushi. You know the thing about sushi is, did you know that only men can be sushi chefs? It's very discriminatory, and that is because yeah, that's because the temperature of their hands is uh a certain temperature and women's hands no yeah this is the truth i'm telling you right now i wish we were having him on so we could confirm it you know i (laughs) but it's true this is not i'm telling you it's true that's why you've never seen a woman sushi chef it's not because of the patriarchy Uh, it's because of the temperature of their hands they can't handle the fish
0: you know i have horrible circulation my hands are always really cold can i be a sushi chef
1: Possibly. I mean, you may be the exception. (laughs) There's no rule. There's no rule without an exception.
0: God, I always learn something new on the show. That's just not what I expected to learn. That's wild. What would you have, like, as your hometown dish? If you were a master's champ and you wanted to pay homage to it, what would you uh, set the menu as?
1: You know we're going Greek. We're going with a little tzatziki. We're going with a little lamb. Mm. If I won the master's, it's going to look like my big, fat Greek wedding. We're going to have a <laughs> lamb roasting, smoke coming all over the air, potatoes, patatas, uh, guinistets. We're going to have soddy which is fish it's gonna be Mm. a greek feast and definitely you're gonna see some uh lamb carcasses roasting with their skinless face melting in the fire scaring children Uh, yeah that's what we do uh,
0: (laughs) (laughs) has there ever been a famous greek golfer i'm trying to think
1: um no but i did golf with steph curry on my old sports show with joel who's our (laughs) producer and um I'm very bad at it. I'm very, very bad at it. Okay. And Steph Curry is very, very good at it.
0: Yes, he is. Well, look, in the past, like Dustin Johnson won in 2021. So when he set the menu, I kind of like the way his menu sounds. Pigs in a blanket, lobster and corn fritters, mashed potatoes, veggies, filet mignon, miso, marinated sea bass, peach cobbler, apple pie, vanilla ice cream. But the year before, Tiger Woods won. And he did kind of more Augusta. He did an Augusta roll, which is tempura shrimp, spicy tuna, avocado and eel sauce. So that's I mean, that's kind of Japanese prime steak, chicken fajitas. I kind of like Tiger Woods menu. I don't know. But what a dinner party. My God.
1: That's incredible. Yeah. I mean, those both sound like incredible. What would you pick? What would you put on there?
0: I was worried you were going to ask that because I think it is supposed to be like from where you're from and I'm like, Just, cheese curds and steak. Yeah. <laughs> is that what we <laughs> Big glasses of milk? I don't <laughs> <laughs> That's embarrassing. No, cuz yeah. you know I'm I'm really from Kansas City. So like yeah. steak, barbecue, barbecue. That's what I would do. What am I? Saying? Yeah.
1: <laughs> you really are. You're the you're the Hillary Clinton of sports journalists. You just claim you're from Wisconsin and you're not. Just like she moved to New York to run for yeah. senator. Yeah, you just ha- you just have two hometowns. One of them's I real, do. one of them's fake. They're
0: both real. They're both real. I own a home in both. I think that counts. I pay taxes in both. I think that counts, right?
1: Kind of. You're the Hillary Clinton <laughs> of sports journalist.
0: <laughs> well, you know, the big story here, I mean, Tiger Woods. Oh, my yeah. gosh. Again, we're recording Tuesday. I think the news is expected to break Wednesday, but he is trending towards playing. The crowds at his practice rounds have been huge. It's been 17 months since his last event, 14 months since his near-fatal car crash, he had half a dozen surgeries on his back and his right leg. I believe they almost had to amputate that right leg. So this would be an incredible feat. And I know once he began practicing at Augusta, bettors just ran to place their wagers on this golf legend. Tiger moved from plus 6,600 to plus 5,000. So that 66 to 1, went to 50 to 1 to win the Masters. So in the betting world, this is huge
1: news, but what a great story. Unbelievable story. And I mean, if he has a good Masters, it's going to be a great story. Just seeing him out there is amazing. It's inspiring and um, incredible. Just incredible. It's going to just, it just adds to the lore, doesn't it?
0: Oh my gosh. Yeah. I mean, this is the story of the week. So a lot of line movement basically around that. But Tiger Woods right now is the highest ticket percentage and the third highest handle percentage. So but he's the biggest liability at BetMGM. So if he comes back, wins it all, four rounds of golf on a body that he says it's uncomfortable to walk, let alone play golf. Boy, would that be incredible. But Bet MGM would be crying because they'd lose a lot of money on that. That's uh that's crazy. But John Rahm is the favorite at plus thirteen hundred, so that's 13 to one. I don't know if there are any other underdogs. We're gonna talk with Peter Andrew to see if he might have a sneaky bet there. But yeah, John Rahm the favorite again, plus thirteen hundred. I like it.
1: Nice, yeah. I can't wait to talk to Peter Andrew to hear about some of the underdogs. He's in Ontario right now, right? Peter?
0: He is. Uh yeah. bedham GM just opened up in Canada. <laughs> so that's huge news for the sports book.
1: So Tiger Tiger played uh the PNC tournament with his son in December, right? But that was mm-hmm. kind of just messing around. And uh word was that he looked pretty good, right?
0: Yeah. And then at his practice rounds, he's looked good. Like he's looking good all week, but he said it's really uncomfortable. And again, he hasn't played this kind of duration, this this kind of, you know, four rounds is really tough. I Anytime I play 18 holes, I'm sore the next day. And I know I'm not a golfer, but if if you're someone who just came out of, you know, six surgeries and thought you were gonna lose your life or your leg, and I mean, this is this would be a, a story for the ages. And my God, we're just coming off of March Madness with stories for the ages. So anytime I like turn on the news and I see how sad the news is, I'm so grateful I work in sports. Oh my God. Like how great, how lucky are we Honest, We get to talk about this stuff, these amazing stories and not, not the horrible stuff going on in the news. So this, this would be incredible. So I'm hoping Tiger comes back.
1: Absolutely. My two favorite things on this planet are sports and comedy. And I think they're (laughs) the two purest things on the planet in the human experience, you know? Yeah. You know, comedy, it's like, hey, if you're funny, people have a reaction to it, you know, and the reaction is completely organic. And in sports, it's competition. It's the closest thing to the truth. You know, the better man wins. Sometimes, you know, it's not the better man, but all the storylines are real. And listen, just seeing Tiger out there is amazing. But I mean, don't sleep. He is Tiger Woods, the man who changed the game who popularized golf i mean he's owned this tournament he's won five times 14 top 10 finishes i mean you can't it's hard to bet against them it's hard to bet against them
0: yeah no you're so right
1: before we get to the masters and our bets for this week olivia we've got to get to our bad beat winner of the week bad beat of the week Hopefully I just did that so they didn't have to do sound effect. But they did it. I think and they'll still do that. the sound they, effect. They did it. Okay. <laughs> Our bad beat winner of the week this week is Dylan at Goose Lover25. What a screen name. <laughs> the kid. Lover. Yeah, the kid loves animals and he's probably 25 years old. <laughs> uh
0: <laughs> does that mean he has to change his Twitter name every year when he has a birthday?
1: Yeah, I think so. I think so. He's goose lover 26 next year.
0: (laughs) Big day.
1: Well, listen, our goose lover here lost his big five-team parlay because a heavy favorite in the NHL lost at home. Ouchie. There's only one thing worse than only hitting three out of four on a four-team parlay. And that's only hitting four out of five on a five-team parlay. <laughs> we feel your pain, Dylan, which is why, guess what, my friend? We're sending you a $100 of bet MGM credit to help you get back in the win column, my friend. Don't say we don't love you, baby. Now, let's cut down the nets on the college basketball season OHD, and it's time to unleash. It's time to unleash.
0: I hope they also brought in the soundtrack for that. We don't need you to. <laughs> All right. So, major congratulations to the Kansas Jayhawks. Congrats to me for picking them to win. I I kid you not, I made a couple brackets. I kind of scrapped them as I went, but I always had KU winning. My dad went there. I'm from Kansas City. Depends on what day you ask me where I'm from. But, yes, <laughs> I am a Jayhawk fan, and I certainly was watching on Monday night. They rallied from down 16, 15 at half, but 16 total as Carolina – Boy, they they went ice cold in the second half. They suffered so many injuries. A player threw up. I mean, there was like a... I think, Giannis, in all seriousness, someone placed a hex on them. It was in New Orleans. And we asked Clark Kellogg last week if there's any voodoo magic at play. I think there was. I think in the second half, there was a spell placed on the Tar Heels because that was... That was pretty bizarre. I will say there was a notable bet at BetMGM. And anytime I read these, I just clench my fists thinking, why did I not do it? Why was I all talk and no action? Because one person at BetMGM put $8,005 to win $112,070 on Kansas at 14 to 1 odds. ma'am. Some people have all the luck. I I need to put my money where my mouth is. But look, preseason, Kansas was plus 1,600. Uh, The odds obviously got so much shorter. They were a minus 200 favorite to win it all in the championship game. But that was incredible. They had under 5% of tickets as the tournament started. So that's incredible. 4.3% of the handle. So as 64 teams were on the slate, that's all they had. But people loved him going into this game. It was a great story. You know, Bill Self lost his dad two months ago. His dad was a coach and an educator and really inspired his life. And I think inspired that halftime speech because, man, they were they were in. And I want to play a clip because at the end, when they do the trophy ceremony on the stage, the NCAA president, Mark Emmert, Announced the winners as the Kansas City Jayhawks. And (laughs) oh, that's just so cringy. And I've got to say, there's a little backstory here because as I've mentioned before on the show without going into too much detail, but Kansas in a lot of people's eyes have slipped past some uh, level one violations in NCAA. And it's all about recruiting and paying players and all of this. And I'm not going to get into all that, but there are legitimately people serving jail time over this. Like right now there is someone sitting in jail who is a mid-major or a mid-level Adidas rep who is serving jail time based on what the Jayhawks have committed five level one infractions, including coach responsibility. So not to be a downer because like go Kansas, but <laughs> there are a lot of people who are really mad at the Jayhawks, including the president of the NCAA, who would have loved to hand that trophy to anyone but Bill Self. <laughs> and he did. And he announces them as the Kansas City Jayhawks. Let's roll that tape. Fan
2: base has been extraordinary. We're so excited for you. And here to present the trophies, the head of the basketball committee, Tom Burnett, to to coach South and the Kansas City Jayhawks, University of Kansas Jayhawks.
0: So, yeah, that was very cringy. Uh, Poor guy. I think he took a lot of heat for it on Twitter, I'm sure. And just kind of a funny way for the season to end. All he had to do was announce them and he didn't get their name right. And they're one of the biggest blue bloods ever. So no, pretty good. I've gotten a lot of texts from friends and family that they were very hungover Tuesday morning. I think it was a really fun night in Kansas City for the Kansas City Jayhawks.
1: (laughs) Well, look, maybe they were just progressive. They were ahead of their time, all right? Because now athletes (laughs) are getting paid. So Kansas was just ahead of their time. They were just... You know, they were, they inspired, they, they, they inspired change. So yeah, I do not know what happened at halftime. I mean, we're, they were down, they were down 15 points. Mm-hmm. North Carolina completely collapsed. It was, it was an incredible game. I mean, it really delivered. Like Clark Kellogg said, it always delivers this tournament. Yeah. And it did. But an amazing unleash as always I want to switch genders like Caitlyn Jenner right now and talk about (laughs) (laughs) the ladies. Women's basketball is on fire, okay? They're in commercials now. I agree Mm -hmm. with the ladies. They need more media exposure. There needs to be more commercials. These sponsors need to start putting, they need to start putting their money where their mouth is and really start getting these ladies some visibility. And I think we're starting to see that and guess. What, OHD, for the first time in the history of Giannis Pappas, I was excited and I tuned in for the ladies' championship game. Oh. And I was expecting a great game, and I was wrong. I was wrong. Man, did the Yukon Huskies get their asses beat. And you, listen, it's nice to see because they've been dominating – women's basketball for so long so it's actually nice to see some parody now because i think all this media exposure is going to inspire a lot of american girls to start playing basketball and we're going to have more and more parody in the league because there's just going to be more and more great players and um the stands are packed it's great to see and the game yes it's different but if you're a basketball fan there's a lot of purity in the play running and the defense to really enjoy. I mean, they don't overwhelm you with their athleticism. Let's be honest. I mean, when they oh, dunk, it's like a miracle. Yeah, it
0: is. It's like yeah, it Jesus is. turning water
1: into wine. But they, they can <coughs> shoot. They can play. These girls got handle. They're exciting. They compete. And it was just amazing to watch one team have an amazing game plan against a powerhouse. Although, look, South Carolina was the favorite in this. They really uh, instilled that game plan, were physical with this team, knew who their best player was, stopped their best player from scoring. And she's amazing. Paige is amazing. And um, I'm just looking forward to seeing women's basketball really flourish. And congratulations to South Carolina. I mean, obviously, a heartbreaking loss the year before. They turned tears into tears of joy and um, Gino, baby, your run is over, my friend. Although they haven't been there for a mm. little while, it's just great to see. And my girl, Aaliyah Boston, what a great face for college basketball! The Naismith Player of the Year. Obviously, she's going to the WNBA. So now you're starting to see people start to follow people from college to the NBA. Start to talk about who's going to be a pick. It's start. You're starting to see the same conversations around women's basketball that fans have around men's basketball. And it's great to see. I love it. I love female athletes and I am all for equality.
0: Yeah, but you know what's great is these women can win it all. They can go to the WNBA. They can get a bunch of endorsements, but damn it,
1: they can't be a sushi chef. They can't be a sushi chef. I mean, listen. That's just it. I don't know (laughs) if that's going to change. I mean, you're going to have to take it up with the whole Japanese culture on that and the temperature of your hands.
0: Yeah, I will. And I think my my sister says my whole life, my hands have been cold and clammy. So I think my cold and clammy hands could make some great nigiri.
1: No, you just heard that wrong because you were hearing what you wanted to hear. What she actually said was your your heart is cold.
0: I don't think that's what she meant. My heart of gold over here, Yana's heart of freaking gold, but let's get back to the masters and bring in our guest. Luke Donald joins us now. Well, Yana, Giannis- If we're going to talk about the Masters, we should probably talk to someone who has actually played there, let alone been there. He knows what it takes to win on the PGA Tour and was also a member of four victorious European Ryder Cup teams. His trophy sitting behind him looks so beautiful. Luke Donald, former world number one. Thank you so much for joining us.
3: Thanks, Olivia. Thanks for for having me on. Uh, Yeah, yeah. Showing off the trophies a little bit, but uh, very proud of those ones. (laughs)
0: Well, I've also got to ask right behind you is your master's invite. Can we see that? And can you tell us the story behind that?
3: Yeah, that's that's the very first one uh, that I got back in 2005, my very first master's. Just a, such a, an amazing experience when you get that through the mail. They send you the invite. I, I got it framed with a nice green frame. Uh, seemed appropriate. And yep. yeah, you always want to play in the master's. And uh, I think I've played 11 or 12 of them. And uh, that was my very first one. And it was, it was a very memorable one. I actually finished tied for third that year. Quite a few shots back from Tiger, who won. But uh, it was uh, one, of the, one of the best experiences uh, I've had on a golf course.
0: Now, how do you RSVP to that? Is it like a wedding RSVP? <laughs> I'm confused.
3: I don't think it's it technically. It does say RSVP on it. Um, I think uh, most people who get that, or all all the people who get it, uh, never turn that down. So sure. uh, they just assume that you're uh, good for the invite.
1: Have you ever thought about maybe playing a joke on them and saying you haven't received it, so they
3: send you another one that you can sell on eBay? Yeah, I probably should have done that a few days ago, <laughs> April first. Yeah, uh, yep. sent sent a tweet out. Where's where's my uh, where's my invite? <laughs>
0: Well, of all the masters you've attended, Giannis and I were just talking about the Tuesday night welcome dinner, uh, where the previous winner gets to select the menu. What are some memorable moments from that? What menus do you remember having?
3: Well, that's only for people who have won. So uh, I've never been a part of the Masters dinners, unfortunately. Um, But I did see, obviously Hideki, who won the Masters last year, sent his uh, his menu was released today and. Full of some, you know, yummy Japanese foods that you would expect sushi and Japanese Wagyu and all that kind of good stuff. So it, it, it was, uh, looked like a, a really, really good, good menu. And, uh, unfortunately yeah, I haven't been a part of that, uh, that one, I, as I said, I came close a couple of times, third in 2005. I finished fourth in 2011, another couple of top tens, but, uh, didn't, haven't quite got that green jacket yet. Still, still some hope.
1: Yep. If you had one, I mean, I know you're British, you're half Scottish, you say you insist on that. I mean, the cuisine is a little, it's not famous, we'll say that. So what would you put on the menu there? Would it be (laughs) beans and toast or
3: what are we talking? Bangers and mash? London's getting better. London's a little bit more of a different situation, uh, food-wise. But yeah, we're not not we're not absolutely known for for our our, our great cuisine. But uh, maybe some fish and chips, or uh, oh. you know, a roast beef uh, dinner, or something like that. That's that's pretty typical. With a uh, you know, like a, a sponge sticky toffee pudding or something like that. Mm. No, that'd probably be pretty uh, pretty British.
0: I like the sound of that.
3: As long as you didn't say blood pudding, <laughs> I wouldn't eat the blood pudding. No, no, no haggis, no, no, no none of that stuff.
0: <laughs> you mentioned uh, your first Masters and Tiger Woods, obviously being a big part of that one. What is your favorite Tiger Woods memory, on and off the golf course?
3: Well, I've got to play with with Tiger quite a few times, you know, over the years. Very first time was two thousand three Open Championship, the British Open. We were playing down in England, and um, my brother was my caddy at the time. That was the 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 mark, the, the Open Championship. He, his first tee shot, he blew it way right and lost his golf ball. The very first mm. time I played with him, which you know, kind of put me at ease a little bit. I'm like, well, even the great Tiger Woods can can lose a golf ball in a major championship. But the funny story was that my my brother was catting for me, and uh, he was carrying the bag, and the strap broke on the tenth hole. Probably the biggest group I've ever been a part of playing with Tiger Woods, playing with Sergio Garcia, and he's having to carry the bag. You know, along the fairway with one hand oh. like a suitcase. So, but yeah, I mean, I've yeah, again, I've played with Tiger lots of times, and uh, you know, just a, a special to obviously um, kind of share the game of golf with with one of the best sportsmen sportsman uh, ever ever to play uh, to play sport, and obviously one of the greatest, probably the greatest golfer ever to play.
1: Who is someone
3: you love being paired
1: with, and why? Who's not a buddy? You know, I'm talking professionally. And then tell
3: us someone who you hate being paired with. <laughs> <Ooh>. <laughs> you're, going, you're going tough, tough places, Giannis, already. I, I feel like I'm a very quick player. I'm ready. I'm always kind of uh, wanting to get a move on. You know, I, I'm not a big fan of slow play. So, uh-huh. you know, anyone who's slow, I, I, try, I, I don't really enjoy. But anyone who plays quick, who's lighthearted, who doesn't take it too seriously out there, who's got a good sense of humor, those are the kind of guys that I like playing with.
0: We had Max Homa on the show this week last year at talk Masters. And I remember asking him this. It must be really annoying to play a sport that some people also play for leisure because they think that they could do what you do. And there's obviously no way they could, uh, you know, having beers on the golf course with their buddies. But what is that like just being in a sport that people actually play? Because, you know, if you're playing in the NFL or NBA, people aren't trying to compare their chops to yours.
3: No I mean this is the great thing about our game is that you can compete with you know great players through the handicap system, yeah. and that's I think um kind of a big attraction of our sport, and why you get a lot of businesses that love being associated with golf and, and sponsorships and all that kind of stuff because you can send guests to play with a pro and uh, you can compete with, with that handicap system and it's kind of fun, but I think you know obviously even good amateurs when they play in pro ams and stuff at tournaments. They realized pretty quickly that there's a big difference between being a scratch golfer and being a professional golfer. You know, there's, there's, there's quite a, a difference in the golf courses we play, how they're set up. You know, it's mm-hmm. very dif- different and, uh, and quite difficult. So they, they learned pretty quickly that, you know, that there's a bit of a gap there between uh, even if they think they're a good player.
0: That was said very kindly. <laughs> a bit of a gap.
3: I mean, it's it's, it's a great <laughs> sport, though, that, you know, you can have people of all kinds of levels and play together and, and, and kind of have fun and have games and, and have bets and, and, and you know, just have a good time out there.
0: Yeah.
3: Luke, when most people retire,
1: they play golf. When professional golfers retire, do they get a job?
3: I mean, what do you do? <laughs> <laughs> uh, hopefully you've had a good enough career. You don't need a job. But, yep. uh, you know, that doesn't always happen either. But, uh, man. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, you know, we can play golf for for a long time, you know, not like <laughs> other sports where, you know, you max out about 35, 40 years old usually. You know, once you get to 50, you can play on the Champions Tour. You have got people like Bernard Langer who's 62, 63 years old and he's still winning, you know, the Money List title on on the Champions Tour and doing very well. So, if he's extremely dedicated and and, and works very hard at it, but um he just doesn't seem to slow down, but yeah, who knows? I, I, I might might get a little bit bored in, in, in another 20 years uh, if I if I keep playing this game.
0: <laughs> Speaking of longevity, how do you feel like the game has evolved over the last decade or so even? We see pros coming in with such specific styles. Their training habits are changing. Yeah. Off seasons have changed. A lot of young talent. How do you see the game evolving?
3: It's definitely become younger. You see these guys coming out of college that are ready to compete, ready to win. Mm. The standard of play out on the PGA tour is gotten better and better each year. I remember, you know, I've been on tour 20 years now, and you know, just looking at where cuts are, you know, the scoring to to make the cut to, to play on the weekend has changed dramatically over the last five or ten years. Like just because the the standard of play is so much better, so much deeper. He's got these young kids who understand. Technology they understand how to hit the ball far they understand how to hit it straight, and they're hungry and young, and I think th- they've learned a lot from Tiger how he came out at uh, a young age and, and dominated the game and they took uh, a lot of confidence in that that he could do it and having that same kind of mindset has, has really propelled them and um it's tough for someone who's forty four and still playing out there you know they, they, there's a lot of tough competition it, it's it's not easy to compete against, and the level of competition has just gone. Through the roof. Now, I'm a Greek.
1: So, of course, all Greeks are aware of all other Greeks. Uniquely, because there's not a lot of us, you have married one. (laughs) I got a lot of questions
3: here. I have.
1: What's that like? (laughs) Did you have a big fat Greek wedding? I know you went to Santorini. And when you play golf, does she come with her family and they make a little bit too much noise and you have to explain (laughs) golf etiquette to her? I mean, and also, lastly, were they rooting? I have
3: never been asked this question.
1: (laughs) Were they rooting in 2002 when you played Deanne Pappas at the Southern Farm Bureau Classic in 2002? Did she start rooting for him a little bit? Because there's Greeks love supporting other Greeks. So I know her heart was split
3: there. So that, that that's a that's a lot of questions to uh to to, to 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 get my head around but yeah yeah my my wife i met in northwestern um her parents were bo- born in greece they moved to america when they were uh, late teenagers i think and yeah first first generation greeks so um there's diane's uh mother you know yaya spends a lot of time with us she she's uh Probably about fifty yards away, making some dinner for us right now, oh. like a good good Greek uh, Greek lady. But <laughs> you know, amazing. it's been it's been great to be a part of their family. You know what the Greeks are like; they're very welcoming, very family orientated. <laughs> they they look at me because I'm kind of a little bit of a slender, British English guy, and they're like, "You need to eat more. You know, you need to eat more, like, <laughs> fatten up a little bit." You know, so uh, yeah, it's been fun um, to be kind of. Uh, get immersed in, in that uh, that Greek heritage. Amazing.
1: Oh, I love that. We
3: Amazing. did have a great, big Greek wedding too. Yeah, we went to Santorini. We were there. It was like a four-day wedding. Uh, we, we went there to try and like limit numbers because we thought there'd be way too many <laughs> if yeah. we did it in Chicago, <laughs> which is where her, her family is. But still, we had about 200, 220 people cut rock up and uh, it, was, wow. it was a big affair. It, 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 was a, it was a lot of fun. Did oh, you have oh, to do the God. crowns? Did you do the crowns? We did the crowns, did the smash smashing plates. You know where she tries to step on my foot uh, at the altar. Is that, is that right? You know all, all the traditions. So yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: That's that's amazing. Have you have you ever seen a, a lamb roasting where his face roasting in the fire? Fall? Yeah, oh. absolutely. Every every Easter, oh. every Easter. Yeah, yeah. You're married a real geek. Tikanis yaya posisa. Just saying hello to your to your mother in law. amazing
0: (laughs) let's hope she can hear oh that's too funny well you are home in jupiter florida i've got to ask just i'm sure the courses down there are incredible where's your favorite american course that you've played whether professionally or for training or for fun
3: probably yeah i would say it's it's for fun we play such long difficult golf courses on tour that i like to go play fun places some of my favorites would be on the west coast would be Cypress Point, pretty exclusive mm. place, but right next to Pebble Beach, just an amazing place. I think Long Island has great golf courses too. You know, Shinnecock National. There's a place called Friars Head. This was, was one, I've only played once, but one of my all-time favorites. Just just loved it. I love I love Cole Crenshaw. You know, he did that uh, that place. Just a great architecture. Yeah, I mean those those are some of them. I obviously love playing in in the UK. I love playing Lynx golf courses, Scotland, Ireland. For the golf and for the hospitality, just the people there so welcoming and uh you know it's it's a good crack as they say. Uh when you go over, you have a few beers and you you play some golf with some friends and it's it's a pretty good trip.
0: Now Link style course, I noticed you didn't mention the one in my backyard whistling straights. You said you didn't want to think (laughs) about that one.
3: That was a tough loss for us. Uh, Americans really handed yeah. it to us uh, uh, there. They had a great young team. We certainly didn't play well enough, but you got to hand it to them. They, they played great, and uh, we'll, we'll be back for some revenge though in, in Rome uh, next year. 2011,
1: I mean you were you were locked in. you were world's number one. You and Rory went back and forth. What was that like? and are you guys friends now? Do you maintain a kinship because of that rivalry?
3: Oh yeah, we're good friends. Uh we we actually live very close to each other in the same same community down here in Florida and uh, I see him quite a lot and have lunch with him. Um we we members at the same golf courses. So yeah, I mean, um it was great obviously going back to 2011. That was my, my best year. I won won the money list on both both tours. I, I got to number 1 in the world. Um you know, life was great. I mean, the golf seemed very easy, you know, when when things are going well everything seems pretty easy and it's coming coming to you uh that way so um yeah what a, what an amazing year that was for me you know that was kind of my my purple patch was kind of 2010 11 12 a little bit of 13 i, I was uh you know really at the top of my game and uh, enjoying life and obviously rory took over in 2012 he, he got to number one for a while and and dominate for a couple of years. And then, and Tiger came back really in, in 2013. And I think he got back to number one in the world by 2013. So, uh, yeah, it was, um, it was obviously a great, great part of my, uh, my career. Something that I'll, that I'll always remember.
0: Well, obviously the big story this week is the return of Tiger Woods, um, after his horrific car accident, after all these surgeries, when we didn't know if he would walk again, let alone play again. He's currently 50-1 to 1 to win it all. What do you imagine this week at Augusta being like with all of that buzz? And what are you expecting out of Tiger?
3: Well, I, I, yeah, I think uh, he just announced that he's he's teeing it up on Thursday. And, um, you know, I think he feels that he's ready. He's uh, obviously waited uh, up until just now to, to announce that, but just seeing how his leg was was doing he was uh, at augusta last week he was uh, practicing these last few days um, he obviously feels comfortable about where he's his leg is feeling his his overall health and um yeah i'm uh, excited to see him out there competing again i think he brings a, a different energy a different vibe a different um level of excitement from when it comes to golf and um the masters will be seriously buzzing and uh yeah i want counted him out a few years ago I thought maybe you know after all the surgeries and all the back things he's gone through and there's no way he can come back and you know he came back and won three times including the masters in 2019 so yeah I mean never count Tiger out I've uh, done that once and I I learned my lesson so uh, he says he can he can win and uh, he wouldn't play if he didn't think he could win you had some injuries throughout your career
1: 2008 you had that wrist injury Golf is such a mental game. Obviously, his injuries are extreme and not really germane to golf, but what does it take to get that focus back? Does that affect you when you come back after injuries mentally?
3: Uh, yeah, I think that's going to be the toughest thing for Tiger is that he just hasn't had any competitive reps you know, for over a year, I believe, or a little bit more than a year. So that – that takes time you know you really kind of want to kind of get into a rhythm a routine of getting back into feeling those juices flowing and you know that will that will be the hardest thing for him i i really do believe but you know he certainly has plenty of experience augusta is really a course which suits certain players he's won their four or five jackets i think four or five times And uh, he knows how to get his way around that golf course. So um, I'm sure he'll settle in um, pretty early and uh, do the stuff that he knows will get him into contention on Sunday.
0: You know, sometimes it seems like the Masters is that course where experience really matters maybe more than other tournaments. Is there truth to that?
3: It's certainly a course that seems to favor certain players. You know, the horses for courses kind of thing. Mm. We know that uh, iron play is extremely important. The greens are Mm. very undulating. They have little small plateaus. They're very fast. So obviously having an all-rounded game is really important, Augusta. You need to hit the ball reasonably far to give yourself shorter irons into some of these greens and be able to stop the ball near the pins. But iron play is really important. You've got to have some touch around the greens. You've got to have obviously... Good feel on the greens because the greens are so fast and undulating. But I do feel like good iron players always seem to play well at Augusta more than some other aspects of the game. It really does reward good iron play. And, you know, Tiger, obviously one of the best ever to be uh, with an iron in his hand. So, um, you know, I think uh, he has a lot of experience. You know, obviously I played well in my first Masters, but I think that was just through sheer excitement of being there, you know, just being on cloud nine more than anything. But uh, yeah, I, I wouldn't be surprised if he, he, he plays a very solid week. Uh, it'd be surprising that if he won, coming back after uh, over a year without having played a competitive round uh, and going through everything he's done. But uh, wouldn't su- certainly wouldn't surprise me if he's out he's there and has a chance.
1: What about the weather? I heard that uh, this weather this year may be a little off. Does that affect who you might like? And when you were playing, is that something that took you out of your
3: game? <laughs> uh, well, the weather obviously affects everyone. You know, I think Wednesday, Thursday, they're, they're calling for some possible thunderstorms. So you could get some rain softening up the course. They do have that that under air, uh, you know, the, the sub air underneath the, the course, so they can dry it out pretty quickly. Thursday's going to have some wind, and then I think there's going to be a, Kind of uh, some chilly mornings and, and not mm-hmm. very warm temperatures, so the ball's not going to be traveling quite as far. It's going to be playing a little bit longer. You know, windy conditions and firm conditions are uh, the most tough conditions for for all of us golfers. That's what makes the the scoring the hardest. Soft conditions, and if the soft if the conditions are soft and it's playing a little bit longer, that that really doesn't affect score for the guys. For most of the guys, especially the guys that can move it off the tee, so. Yeah, I expect the cold conditions probably won't be too favorable for Tiger. I mean, he he would have wanted something a little bit warmer just to keep his body a little bit more limber and a little bit more moving. But uh, I'm sure he will he'll deal with it just fine.
0: Now, this is something that bothers me about golf. You, you said the weather would affect everyone, but sometimes that's not true. Based on your tee time, it's it's the weather is changing. Yeah.
3: Well, that is true, and
0: it just seems so unfair.
3: Yeah, you, you can get certainly bad draws. You hope over a course of a year that the good draws and the bad draws kind of equal themselves out, uh, and you get, the, <laughs> you get some good draws on, on some of the bigger events like the Masters and the Majors and the World Events. But uh, yeah, yeah, you know, I, I guess that's the beauty of our sport. We're not inside a dome. We we have to adjust to different wind conditions, different weather conditions, different grasses, different. Wind directions, you know, every day the, the, things are changing and uh, we have to adjust to that and, uh, and be good at that.
0: I would be so petty. I would blame the weather every time. I'd be like, well, <laughs> I, I teed off at noon. Did you see the weather report then? <laughs> That's horrible.
3: Well, and, and there are players that do that. <laughs>
1: <Yeah>. <laughs> would you rather be playing with a lead, you make it to Sunday, or would you rather be playing a couple shots behind and chasing the leader?
3: I mean, that's what made Tiger uh, as amazing as he's ever been. You know, I think he's only lost a lead once or twice in his career. Obviously, playing in front is is harder. Playing catch up is is easier. Uh, there's a little bit less pressure. You have a goal in front of you to go. People who are in the lead usually play a bit protective, and and they get out of their routines and they and they make mistakes that way. Tiger was so good at keeping leads because he just played his own game. He didn't really, he kind of made other players chasing him feel like they needed to do more. And then they got into mistakes themselves. So would I go back to your question? I I suppose you always want the lead. You always want, because that's going to give you the best chance uh, statistically. So take the lead and uh, go try and play a solid round.
0: I like that. There's been some line movement, but John Rahm is still the favorite. Obviously, everyone's been waiting to see what's happening with Tiger. But who do you have a good vibe with or feeling about winning this weekend?
3: I do like uh, Cam Smith. He just got obviously fresh off winning the Players Championship. He's only he's played here five times, and I think he's had a couple seconds and a third in those five times. Xander seems to always play well. Again, I'm just looking at guys of. Playing pretty well this year and, and I've had a lot of success there in the past. You can never count John Rahm out. Scotty Scheffler, the new number one in the world. I don't think he probably has quite a, enough experience, but uh, and ha- I can't remember seeing him up um, near the top of a leaderboard. But uh, Justin Thomas, I'm trying to think of guys that are always up there. Brooks Koepka, I think uh, he seems to play very well. He's been a little bit quiet this year. Mm-hmm. You know, those are the kind of names that are, are jumping out of me. Okay. Also,
1: want to ask you about the Ryder Cup a little bit. Uh, it's not until next year in Rome, but Team Europe a few weeks ago made their decision that uh, Henrik Stenson will captain the squad. Many people thought you would be next in line to take over the captain role.
3: What do you think about the decision? Thanks. Thanks for bringing that up. <laughs> 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 I mean, obviously, yeah. I, I, I was disappointed. I, I put my name um, forward, and I, I would have loved the opportunity. I've been a part of, as I said, six Ryder Cups, been on five winning teams. A lot of my best experiences on the on the golf course have been during Ryder Cups. Just love being a part of teams, and so different to what we play every 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 week, week in week out, as such an individual sport. But those Ryder Cups, coming together, sharing kind of dinners at night, and stories and just kind of feeling what it'd be like to be a part of a team in your sport which we, we don't get to do too often so yeah I would have loved to have done it I'm um, very happy for Henrik uh, a worthy uh candidate too and uh has a great record I think he's played five Ryder Cups and again you know first first captain from Sweden and uh you know, again I will be there to to support any way I can but yeah disappointed that uh, I didn't get an opportunity this time but uh hopefully down the road i still have that opportunity
0: yeah absolutely
3: <laughs> did anyone from team europe tell you what went into the decision or anything or <laughs> that was a different uh, process this year they had five people the last three captains they had uh, the keith pelly who who runs the european tour and uh, david Howell, who's the, the head of the committee of the european tour and between them uh, they made the decision so you'd have to ask them um You know, I I did kind of try and poke a little bit and say, you know, what could I have done better, et cetera, et cetera. But they they said, uh, you know, all all those conversations were going to stay behind closed doors. So I'm sure I'll find out one day. But uh, again, wishing uh, Henrik nothing but the best. Yeah. Now,
1: a few years ago, I had the amazing opportunity to golf with uh, Steph Curry. And obviously, he's pretty well known for being an amazing golfer. Justin Timberlake, I hear, is a scratch golfer. Um now we've seen Tom Brady in the challenge drill, shots. Have you played with any celebrities and were you floored by how good they were or have you have any any experience playing against any of those guys?
3: Um I've played with with MJ, I've played with Tom Brady, um Verlander is pretty good. Mm. Justin Verlander, he's a strong strong lad obviously, hits the ball a mile. <laughs> yeah. I've heard Steph is really good. I, I've not played with Steph Curry.
0: I would think playing with MJ is just more about the gambling. Like, did he just try to <laughs> suck you dry? Yeah. Like, what did he, he do on the course?
3: Let's put a couple dollars on this, Luke. <laughs> I, I've known MJ a long time, wow. almost back to when I was in college in Chicago. We we would play a little bit of golf uh, sometimes in the summers when I was sticking around playing amateur events. Uh, you know, he loves oh playing gosh. with good players. And that's just after he retired. But uh know him very well. And he loves loves golfing. I mean, he'll go out and play 36 holes with six or seven guys, and they'll play in six <laughs> hours or just run around. And it doesn't matter what, what you play him for. Uh, he just wants to play for something. Uh, he wants to get in your pocket. He doesn't care if it's $2 or $200,000. So, I mean, he'll, uh. he, he just wants to, uh, you know, ha- get those competitive juices flowing. I mean, we all watch The Last Dance. I mean... <laughs> just how competitive he was and wanted to win and wanted to push his teammates to, to win as well. And, uh, you know, you, you see that on the golf course, you know, he, he misses that, obviously not playing basketball and he's filling it with golf. And uh, it's a great passion of his. And he, he's uh, made it made a golf course down here, the, the Grove, which I'm a member of. And I, I see him out there playing a lot. He, he just wow. loves it. And uh, it, it's, it's fun.
0: I mean, I'm trying to picture that a, a big 10 Northwestern golfer who would go on to be number one in the world playing with an MJ who just retired. Like that had to have been, you must have been pretty starstruck. I would think as a college kid.
3: Yeah. Uh, yeah, we probably didn't play <laughs> till I was after college, just turned pro, but, um, yeah, I mean, <laughs> I, I was, uh, it's not Gosh. too many people. I'm like, like get a little nervous around, but I certainly did first meeting, first meeting MJ and. Uh, you know, obviously my wife, having lived in Chicago, was, was very yeah. geeky and when she met him. and But now we're like, yeah. you know, we're just like good friends and we'll go out to dinners. And it's just like, it's just MJ, you know, it's just, uh, it's very cool. But, you know, he's, uh, yeah, he's been a, a good friend over the years. And uh, I always appreciate, um, you know, talking to him, you know, good times, bad times. Uh, you know, he's, he's always very, very sensible and um, has good words for me. Oh,
0: I like that. Well, just to tie a bow on this and to bring it back to the Masters this weekend, all we're going to hear over the next four days is a tradition unlike any other. <laughs> and it's such a great phrase. As someone who has actually played in this tournament, why is it a tradition unlike any other?
3: Yeah, it's, it's just one of those events that goes above and beyond golf. It's a little bit like the Ryder Cup in, in terms mm-hmm. of you have non-golfers tuning in and watching it just because of what it stands for and the hype. And the kind of exclusivity almost, you know, it's very hard to get anywhere near Augusta National and uh, the traditions of the green jacket, the par three tournament, uh, the champions dinners, all these traditions that that people love. And um, I think, you know, more more people tune in to to watch the Masters than any other golf tournament. And um, rightly so, because it's just, it's a special, special event.
0: Okay, wait, I do have one more about Augusta National. The first time you played there, I mean, we see how pristine it is, not a blade of grass out of place. There's not even birds, I've heard, that really can fly <laughs> that, overhead. I'm not sure how they pull that one off, but what is maybe the most interesting thing about Augusta National?
3: Um, the most interesting thing? I think Um, I've, I've been able to stay on property a few times. You know, if you go ah. play with a with a member they put you up on property and uh, in the lodges, you can watch any of the masters dating back to 1934, the very first one on your TV at will. <laughs> they have them all collected there wow. so you can go through any masters, sit in your bedroom uh, and, and watch them. And um, that's kind of a cool little little thing that not, not a lot of people know about. No, that's awesome.
0: Good to know. Although if I'm staying there, I don't know if that's how I'm spending my night. I think I'm going up to the clubhouse <laughs> and gonna schmooze. With- they
3: have a pretty good wine cellar too. And uh, yes. the, the prices are good. <laughs> they sell it for like 5% above what they, they're probably one of the nicest and best wine cellars in the whole world.
0: See, now we're Amazing. talking. Now we're yeah. talking, Luke.
3: <laughs> Great wine. <laughs> You go, bring a bottle back to the lodge, and then, and then put on your favorite masters.
0: And then put on the 1934 <laughs> masters. Yeah, exactly. that sounds like a wild night.
3: <laughs> That's Thank crazy. you so
0: much, Lou. This was a lot of fun, and best of luck the rest of the season.
3: All right, thanks for having me on, guys.
1: Yeah, you, your mother-in-law's probably got some bistecca ready for you, so we'll let you go. Oh
3: yeah, I <laughs> <They> smell it. <laughs>
0: That's right. Sports betting legalized in Canada. Bet MGM right there at the front of it. And Peter Andrew is in the middle of that. He is in the heart of all the action coming to us live from his Toronto hotel room. We were just talking about some food recommendations, a lot of good eating to do in Toronto, but now a lot of good betting to do in Toronto. Pete, tell us about the week.
2: Yeah, it's been fun. So Betting and BetMGM both formally opened and were legally approved as of yesterday, which uh, we're reporting on Tuesday. So on Monday, so everything's live. We're full force. BetMGM is officially international, which is kind of fun wow. and weird to say, um, but it's been great. We had a launch party with a couple ex Maple Leafs yesterday, uh, really introducing you know the the BetMGM folks to the city. So it's been a ton of fun, and, and it's going to be a really good relationship in Canada moving forward.
1: Awesome. What is the vibe up there in Canada about college basketball? I know the Raptors are really Canada's team. Like, all the provinces root for the Raptors. It's almost like the country's team. Do they watch college basketball? Was it, was it on TVs last night? Were, like, Canadians
2: watching this game? So it was on TV, but it was weird. Like, if you would say if you were at a bar in New York or New Jersey, it'd be a 10 out of 10 in terms of the vibe. It's probably like a five out of 10 here. People could care less who won. They were just rooting for a good game. Kind of that mentality. Right. But what you said about the Raptors is is real. Raptors and Jays. I mean, they are. Everyone in Canada is obsessed with those teams, especially because they haven't had the Expos in so long. Those are the two teams that everybody dies for. And I actually was talking to someone here yesterday and they said Jays, Raptors, Leafs, and then everything else. So kind of crazy to see hockey is number three there. That so is crazy. How-
0: so let's talk about some Canadian teams, especially. I know the Raptors have just the most incredible fan base because, like you guys said, it's it's the whole country is cheering for that one NBA team. But when you look at some futures, like I know Scotty Barnes for Rookie of the Year. I, I like that one personally. I love Scotty. But looking at Maple Leafs, Blue Jays, everything, update us, Pete, on some Canadian teams as we pay homage to our brothers up north.
2: Yeah, so... I think, you know, if you look at the Leafs and the Raptors specifically, Vegas and betting are not giving them a shot, but I kind of like them. They're slated right now to play the Bucs in the first round. So if that 3-6 holds true, they could easily make a run. They've played the Bucs really, really well this year. And especially when Giannis is bit off, I think he had a really, really poor shooting performance last time they played, where he was like 7 of 16. If they can keep him under control, they've got a shot to make some noise. And we all know that the East is wide open. I don't know that I'd take the Raptors 80 to one to win the NBA title, but worth taking a 40 to one flyer and putting 10, 20 bucks on it. You never know what can happen, but first round, I like them getting out of there. And then the Leafs, Leafs are a funky one. They've been choke artists for 18 plus years now. They're 12 to one to win the cup six, to one to win the East, but no one's giving them a shot. I mean, even at the event, we were at yesterday, no one thinks they can pull it off. They always find a way to combust. They've done it the last, like I said, Fifteen plus years, so I kind of would lean Raptors and put the flyer on forty to one. I know it's ridiculous, but the, you know the payout's large, and and maybe they got a shot to make some noise. We know how inconsistent the East has been. Celtics look good. Heat have had their moments. Bucks have had their moments, but kind of wide open in my eyes. And then of course Brooklyn sitting in the nine spot right now.
1: You guys are going to have to start learning a lot about the Canadian Football League lines, right? Because I'm sure a lot of these Canadians are going to be trying to put a little scratch on their favorite.
2: Team. So I'm playing chess, not checkers here. We just hired a person in our <laughs> Canada office and he's actually played in the CFL for the last five years. So I got all my stuff locked down there. I don't know anything about Canadian Football League. The field's weird. There's only three downs. It's super funky. So you hire someone to, to take that spot in because Lord knows I'm not going to be able to figure it out.
0: Well, something you are able to figure out, a sport you play yourself, is golf. Now, I don't know if you're any good. I've never played with you. I don't know if you're any good, but I know you play.
2: Yeah, I uh, play. I am not good. I've, I think I've seen your game on Instagram. You're probably better than me. So uh, we'll have to find out one day. Dual uh, Unleashed Scramble.
0: Well, yeah, take that with a grain of salt. If anyone posts them doing anything athletic on Instagram, it probably took a bunch of takes. But, <laughs> <That's fair. laughs> But no, uh, Masters odds, as we're looking at it, we were just talking with Luke Donald, and um, obviously by the time this airs, we'll know for sure if Tiger's playing, but people are running to place their bets on Tiger Woods. What's your take on all this?
2: Yeah, well, starting with Tiger, we'll take all the money on Tiger Woods. <laughs> There's no shot I mean, I hope for it. It'd be amazing if he wins the Masters. There is no shot. Coming out two years past that that horrible injury, he's just got his real first practice rounds in at Augusta. It's an amazing story. I like him to make the cut and stay competitive. But four days of it, after everything he's gone through, there's no way his body keeps up. So we'll take all the bets at MGM. We're at 50-1 to 1 for Tiger to win the Masters which is probably most competitive across the markets. Oh. But Tiger to make the cut minus 118, so pretty much even money. I think that's your, your uh, sure thing kind of bet if you're looking to bet the market. And then otherwise, sticking up Great White North here, Corey Connors. Uh, he's a 60-1 to 1 or a 50-1 to 1 shot. He's come and been sneaky the last couple of years. A top 10 finish at the Masters. Been really good this year. Placed third two, two weeks ago on the match play. I think you got to look at some of those guys, on top of obviously some of the big boys too.
1: Nice. Any other underdogs you think people should keep their eye on?
2: Now, the, Vegas knows what they're doing here. The, the three best golfers have the three worst odds. So John Rom, eleven to one; Justin Thomas, twelve to one; Cam Smith, fourteen to one. They are clearly the most consistent golfers right now. You can throw a couple flyers like a Corey Connors there, but. I think you have to stick to the chalk because if those guys, you know, have a consistent couple of days, they'll be right there in the race.
0: NBA playoffs are starting soon, and we'll get way more into that next week. But I just got to ask, while you are in Toronto, uh, what would be your prediction if Raptors and Bucks started today in a series?
2: I'm going Raptors in seven.
0: No, you're not.
2: <laughs> no, you're not. <laughs> you're not. Are you, you're really? taking the Bucks. You're saying that I've adopted them <laughs> as my team because the Hornets have zero shot in the playing game against Brooklyn, so yeah, I have to jump ship for the next uh two weeks or so. But yeah, I don't know. It's Bucks are great. I mean, they are such a well-rounded team. I just can see this Raptors team, uh you know, pulling a little magic in an upset here. Uh, but maybe it's just wishful thinking. Maybe I'm just rooting for my friends in Ontario.
0: Yeah, yeah. yeah have I, you ever I, seen someone drink the Kool-Aid so fast? My I God, mean, goes to Canada listen. once.
2: Listen, employee. Do I, a, do I need to put a disclaimer that says this is not a sponsored ad?
0: Yeah. Are you are you being detained in Canada? Do you need yeah. help? Blink twice if you need help.
2: I mean, yeah. I mean, listen. You
1: that's employee of the month. That you, I, you, my friend. I want to put your plaque on the wall at BetMGM. You know, you're up there in Ontario. Make those people feel good, baby,
2: because they listen, got no shot. A little pandering never hurt anybody. Just, this yeah. Gotta be it's
0: <laughs> <laughs> All right, Pete. Great stuff as always. Safe travels. I'm gonna send you some food wrecks, uh, but you get home safe. And if again let us know in code if you need help if you are being detained because you were a little way too hot on on Canadian golfers and basketball teams there for a second but thank you so much that was a great show thanks everyone for listening make sure you follow at BetMGM on all social media channels and keep up with the Masters and you can see how we did with our predictions and next week we'll talk a little bit more NBA as playoffs get started thanks guys
1: yeah Pete bring me some maple syrup
2: But if life changes, you can return it any time or even upgrade it with something new.
3: Rent what you need. It's better at errands.
1: Approval not guaranteed. Restrictions apply. See store for details.
0: With the best all-inclusive vacation deals to Mexico and the Caribbean, booking your getaway with cheap Caribbean vacations means you have more freedom. Whether you want to enjoy snorkeling, endless margaritas, and more, cheap Caribbean vacations has your deal for that. Plan and book using our exclusive budget beach
3: finder or find a featured all-inclusive package to Hyatt Ziva Riviera Cancun at CheapCaribbean.com. That's CheapCaribbean.com.